0: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our
1: paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
2: Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe NFL podcast network i am joe DeLeon joined by nfl draft analysts ryan roberts and alex gilstrap giving you the first episode of the 2022 class actually diving into specific position groups today we will get to the highly debated quarterback class a lot of different takes that are going to be thrown out here today and honestly not a lot of agreeing is going to be happening on today's episode before we get to that though folks I need to tell you about Bet Online. The NBA playoffs are in full swing right now. And if you've got a hunch that maybe some wild stuff is going to happen in this first round, maybe you think you know who's going to win the NBA finals, put some money down, make things more interesting, especially if your team's not in it. Might as well have a little bit of skin in the game. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online, as you covered, for all the news scores and odds that you need, and it's the best way to place your bets, as well as free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, we're getting to this quarterback show, and uh, (laughs) honestly, this is going to be uh, a very interesting one because the whole week leading up to this, we didn't even lock down the fact that we were doing quarterbacks but yet you guys still managed to spend the whole week going back and forth on various takes various thoughts various prospects some FCS guys were getting thrown out there which had me excited but this is already super highly debated just between you guys separate from what everybody else is talking about in the you know the full draft Twitter sphere the media sphere all that good stuff so if we had to discuss this group overall share our, our just general thoughts on how we think it looks, in terms of depth, quality of talent. We know it's not going to be like last year. We know that there's no Trevor Lawrence. We know that there aren't five potential guys to go in the top 10, top 15. But how would we describe this group? Ryan, let's go to you first.
0: Well, I would say last year's class there was a steep drop after four, and then you got a valley after about six or seven. This year's class I would say that there is substantial depth. I think that there's going to be a heavy debate from – not only one to five, but five through 10. And I think there's guys that are going to be very exciting specifically on day two. I think it's a deep, deep, deep class that might not have the guys right now up top that you're comfortable with, with the first overall pick or top five pick in general. But I think that there's a couple guys that could get into that realm. And then if that happens, then we're talking about a very deep class that has potentially some some, um, good things up top. It definitely is not as top heavy as last year's class, but I do think that it's being it's being very under disrespected and very undervalued just how talented this group is and how much depth there is in the 2022 cycle.
1: Well to me you know Joe you talked about you don't think there's five guys that can go in the top 15 and and though I agree there's not going to be five guys that end up going in the top 15 I think there's way more than five guys that have the potential uh, as it st- as it stands right now to go in the top 15 when it's all said and done you know here a year from now I just think there's so many quarterbacks that have the traits that have you know, every, you know, things that you're looking for, and it's just going to come down to what you prioritize from the quarterback position on, on what order you have these guys in. And like, like Ryan alluded to one through five is going to be vastly different from, from analyst to analyst, but so is six through 10, uh, this is going to be a deep class relative to last year. I think there were only six or seven quarterbacks that I really had any interest in, uh, in last year's group. So I think this year you're going to get a lot more depth, but like, like y'all both talked about at the top, it's just not quite as exciting.
2: And the one thing that seems to keep popping up here, and you guys both touched on it, nobody is going to have the same top five, I think, come draft time. And last year, we knew who number one was since the start of the cycle. Nothing budged, nothing changed. At the same time, it seems like what the debate mostly was is who's two, who's three. Is it Justin Fields, Trey Lance? Then Zach Wilson pushed his way into the conversation. Mac Jones somehow found his name in there as well. And right now, it's not even that close. It seems like it's some guys have uh, Sam Howell number one. Some people have Spencer Rattler. Ryan has a very interesting QB one, which he he shared with Alex. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. It Was put in the group chat. I just realized that that was already spoiled. But if we're talking headlines to watch, and I think at the start of any draft cycle, there are going to be headlines that develop that are going to fester and continue to build and build and every cycle there's always that one thing that we continually keep seeing for this draft cycle what do you guys think is going to be the headline for the quarterback class
0: well I I think that it's it's kind of the same for every draft class and every position group mostly it's going to be the difference between what the media perceives as the top of the class or the you know the pecking order comparative to what the NFL looks at because Last year for the quarterback class, I mean, we didn't really talk about this much. It's like the the media and the NFL were kind of on this same, pace, same page in the effect of like at the end, everybody on both sides were saying it's Trevor Lawrence, then it's Zach Wilson, then we have to figure out who three and four is, and then even into five. So I, I feel like for the most part, it was pretty solidified up top, kind of the thoughts on the class. This year, I think that literally, and we talked about this a little bit in the group chat, it's The top five specifically, there's going to be—I don't even like—I mean, I'm a math guy, but like, okay, so there's probably 20 different orders potentially for the top five. Like, I think that it's going to be all over the place, maybe even more. As I see, kind of Alex shaking his head. Like, I think that there's going to be so many different combinations, and I think even when people are are confident in what they perceive to be what the class is going to look like. I think the NFL is going to value some of these guys much different than we do right now. I think that people, you know, kind of have thrown a lot of shade so far at guys like Keaton Slovis, um, early on specifically from USC. I think that NFL teams are going to love Keaton Slovis because he's going to be a three year starter at USC. Even if you are a little bit lower, I think that he's going to be near the top of the class just because of, you know, those those resume builders that people really, you know, just go to so much. It's that it's not only the experience factor, it's coming from a big program in one of the power five conferences. Like I think that those things are always going to stick with NFL teams a ton more. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how far off some of these lists are comparative to the NFL, because I think that they're going to be quite different over quite a difference of opinion between not only media members, but also what the NFL truly values in this class.
2: Alex, no, I need not I, mean to cut you off but already, but I, I just want to throw in there, considering the fact that Mac Jones in the top three was fabricated for about a month before the draft, I completely agree with that. Not even having as much in-depth knowledge as you guys do in this quarterback class, we are definitely going to have vastly different uh, perceptions than the NFL does. I, again, just the Mac Jones thing is enough to to, to sell that to
0: me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's – I mean, Ryan, you brought up a – ton of great points and and like you said at the beginning that goes for every position group around around the horn uh it's just something that that we see every year and we really don't understand how the NFL views it relative to the media until it comes draft day we can get thrown these rumors that Mac Jones is a top 3 quarterback you know potentially going to go at number 3 all we want but like what came out this past week it was Trey Lance all along and it was it was just something that they had the media buy for me i think just what you're going to see this is going to be the headline of the quarterback group is just who is qb1 and and though there may be a favorite right now in Spencer Rattler i don't know very many people that have a consist you know like there's no consensus right now i don't think i think the favorite right now is rattler but Just simply put, I think there's going to be tons and tons of articles. There's going to be tons and tons of discourse through conversations, you know, on television, through Twitter and and wherever about who they believe is going to be QB1. And there's just so many guys in this class that have traits, that have different different. Niches about them that make them what, what some believe as, as a top quarterback prospect in this year's class. Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, Carson Strong is the one that's rising up. Malik Willis is someone that a lot of people are fans of. So there's a bunch of names. Jaden Daniels. There's so many names right now that that some people believe has a has a path to QB1. So I think throughout the entire draft cycle, I don't know if there's going to be a favor. I think it's going to be very reminiscent of the, the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold year where we're going into draft day with with no clear consensus like we have over the past couple years.
2: So hitting on a guy that we think has the highest upside, somebody who could
1: maybe not really have it
2: right now and, and probably won't be ready to start come draft time and wherever he heads to and he's he's selected – But given the time to develop and properly work his way into a starting caliber quality of play, that he could be playing at an elite level. And I think a good example for our listeners, like Trey Lance is a good example of somebody with really high upside. He didn't play a lot of games. He had the traits. He ends up in San Francisco. If he develops properly, he's going to be a really good quarterback. So if we're talking the big upside guy in this group, Ryan, who is your pick?
0: I think it's Spencer Rattler. I I think that's why a lot of people have kind of gravitated towards him as the potential quarterback one, because there's not a guy, again, that I think has, you know, has separated himself amongst this group. But what people are going to look at is arm strength, arm talent, and athleticism. Like, those are things that are going to kind of transcend our current, you know, current projection. That's what's going to make it to the next level. And when we talk about Spencer Rattler from a talent perspective, I mean, the kid has a great arm. I mean, maybe the best arm in the class, I think. Like, when you you combine the fact of, like, he has distance, he has velocity, but he also has release quickness when that ball gets out in a flash. I mean, we were watching... Uh during, during the season, I was watching one of the Oklahoma games, and my wife was sitting there, and she's like, wow, he throws the ball a lot like Pat Mahomes. And I was like, ah, I don't want to put that out there in, in the universe. But, I mean, he does a little bit. Like, the release is similar because um, it just comes off his hands so quick. And then you have that top with a very solid athlete. And we saw the upside this past year. 28 touchdowns, only seven interceptions in his first year as a starting quarterback, only a retro freshman. I think that's why people are gravitating towards him so much. It's the fact of he was very young first-year starter, in an offense under Lincoln Riley that has produced quarterbacks at a high rate, Baker Mayfield to the uh, Kyler Murrays to the Jalen Hurts. They have produced NFL quarterbacks that have gone in the first two rounds of the draft in recent years. So I think when you couple all that together, he is the guy that people look at and say, I could see that it's probably the clearest projection to getting to the quarterback one.
1: Yeah, and I think I think what you said there—you talked about the the NFL talent that Oklahoma has produced, which is something that a lot of media and a lot of people that that you know are in this space they talk about. You don't want to draft quarterbacks from Ohio State. You don't like quarterbacks from USC because they typically don't work out but Oklahoma's one where there is a proven track record of quarterbacks Baker Mayfield someone who I think at this point you can argue was worthy of a number one overall pick that he was selected with of course Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have been better but you can't be mad at what what he's been able to produce same thing with Kyler Murray Kyler Murray's had a successful couple of years in the NFL to this point. And Jalen Hurst is going to go into the year as the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. So, I mean, there's a proven track record of success uh, from Oklahoma quarterback. So Spencer Rattler's joining, you know, that, that group here over the next year or so. And I just think, you know, the the talent on the field, like you said, Ryan, it's just something that there's a lot to them that, that there is to like on the field. So I definitely am, am in agreement that there's a lot of upside there, but for me, let's just talk about physical traits and physical traits starts with Malik Willis. The quarterback out of Louisville, Athlete, you, Trey Lance. You know Louisville. Joe, you, you, Does
0: he go to Louisville? Liberty. I, said Liberty.
1: I said Liberty, didn't I? I think he said Louisville. I think he said Louisville. Oh. I didn't Malik notice Harding until Ryan said it. No, no. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we're I was talking.
2: Malik L. Cunningham is is no. the guy that's been projected in the top five. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. That would be Malik Willis out of Liberty. My my apologies. The L's messed me up. But Malik Willis, you, Joe, you talked about uh, you know uh, Trey Lance and and just the combination of physical traits, both athletically and, and arm talent. Malik Willis is that guy this year, in my opinion. From he can throw the fastball better than anyone in this class, I believe um and then athletically i think he is the biggest playmaker there is i think he has lamar jackson esque athleticism as a runner and combine that with a much stronger arm uh, we still have some things to work out um as far as his accuracy goes but i think just the dual threat that he brings to the table is eerily similar similar to what lamar jackson has been able to do and lamar jackson is someone we view as a top five or so quarterback in the nfl mvp and i think malik willis if brought into the right situation, has the dynamic skill set to really, really threaten NFL defenses and just defenses in general in such a multitude of ways. And that athleticism really is going to open things up for him, both this year in 2021 and then going forward to, to his, you know, foreseeable NFL career. I just, you know, there's some things to work on at, you know, as far as consistency, uh, accuracy wise, but that's a lot of the, the downsides to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be Lamar Jackson, but I see a lot of the same things in Malik Willis that I did in Lamar Jackson from a just dual threat standpoint with a much stronger arm, just have to work on some consistency accuracy wise.
0: My, My question about Malik Willis and the reason that I'm very hesitant on him is like you just mentioned Lamar Jackson, which I don't think is a bad comparison from an athletic perspective and just from an arm talent perspective. But Lamar Jackson, like everybody knew he has a very narrow base. Like that's where the inconsistent accuracy is coming from. From like Malik Willis, like, there's no like super flaw technically where I say like that is going to increase his accuracy tenfold. Like I could see that projection. For me, I, I'm I'm honestly curious. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for him, but I'm just watching him play, and I'm just watching from a technical perspective. I'm like, where is this big increase in accuracy going to come from? I'm just a little confused on where it's going to happen. Like I think that the consistency for reading a defense and for being on time, you know, from the from that perspective can increase most definitely. But like, I just see the ball, I mean, behind, you know, overthrown some balls in the dirt, like the, the ball is just all over the place, the ball placement. So I'm just, I'm just a little hesitant on him just because I don't know exactly where that spike in accuracy is going to come from. If that makes sense.
2: And Willis right now seems to be the hot name in terms of being thrown out there in maybe at three, somewhere in five, you just keep seeing his name popping up and, a lot of people continue to say, as you were talking about, Alex, him being a, a really high upside guy coming from a smaller program, a big reason why they had so much success last year. So Willis is going to be a fun, fun name to keep track of during this this, this draft cycle. So the next two segments are ones that we're going to introduce for this this summer cycle. Uh, I think we should do them consistently. I'm probably going to change the names, but I'm going to call them the Wilson segment. So the first one is the Marvin Wilson watch list. Now, if you remember last year, folks, Marvin Wilson was talked up to be this elite, dominant defensive tackle prospect, potentially better than Derrick Brown or as good as Derrick Brown. He was a top 10 pick, sure fire, and he goes undrafted to the Cleveland Browns. That was his fall from grace. Not even a Lewis Nix fall. This was a full-on drop-off, undraftable player after being a top 10 pick. So each week, the Marvin Wilson watch list will be a player that, not necessarily a top 10 pick, but somebody who is getting a little bit too much value right now and is getting a little bit too hyped up. And if we're being realistic with ourselves, not completely undrafted, but will probably drop off throughout this cycle – for more talented players. So Ryan, I'm really intrigued by your pick for our quarterbacks here because it's a little sad to see because I think we had some decent faith for this guy last cycle, but if we're just being realistic, he's going to get hyped up way too much just because he decided to return to school.
0: Yeah, I I mean, so there's, again, there's a lot of guys that are being hyped up to potential being big players in this class, and if it's a Jaden daniels or malik willis or you know um sam howell or carson strong or spencer rattler there's so many guys if it's any one of those guys i'm not going to say a word because i get it i get it i could see the path potentially maybe some more than others but i have now seen multiple times desmond ritter thrown into that conversation and man 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 um First of all, he doesn't throw to the middle of the field ever. It's the weirdest thing in the world. He only throws outside the numbers, which is bizarre. Accuracy, again, is not great. He's a good athlete. He has a good arm. He has all those unteachables, which is great. I mean, that's fantastic. But at some point, a guy's going to be a four-year starter at Cincinnati, and for three years... He I mean, like, he was a little better in 2020 than he was in 2019, but like for the most part, he's just been the same guy for three years. It's it's the Kellen Mond effect all over. Oh, I was again. gonna say that. It's oh, the Kellen God. Mond thing. It's 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 it is, man. It really is because Kellen Mond was the same guy for four years. And then we went to the draft, and everyone's like, oh, maybe he could be a first round pick, and then he ends up being a third round pick. And you're like, okay, that's where he probably is going to go. Desmond Ritter's the same thing. People are gonna talk first round, they're gonna talk early second. At the end of the day, I think he's going to be a third, the fourth round pick because he has some of the unteachables. But at the end of the day, like you can talk about upside all you want. But if a guy is just the same thing for a steady amount of time for several years, at some point, upside gets thrown out the window because it's just not in the cards for him. Because, it, I mean, at some point, you would just see natural maturation, natural improvement. For me, Desmond Ritter's been the same guy. And I think that we're trying to cling to this perceived upside that. That we've been playing to for three years now and it still hasn't been a thing. So Desmond Ritter, first round of conversation, no thank you. Please pass hard pass on that one.
1: No, Desmond Ritter's the right answer for this, talking about someone he that is okay. Some people liked, you know, after the junior season that decides to go back to school the senior year. This is Marvin Wilson goes back senior year and I'm expecting a lot of the same things. I don't think this is a first round caliber quarterback. I don't think it's a day two quarterback. I think this is someone that you'd be fine with based on the traits to take somewhere in the middle uh, of day three where, you know, I believed Kellen Mond should go as well. So I, I, Kellen Mond was the name that came into my head. If you want to compare him to someone 2021, as far as. Uh, just the kind of prospect they are from an up-and-down standpoint. But for me, it's someone that I see it more than Desmond Ritter. I see the path to success, like you talked about, Ryan. It's Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State. Look, some people think he's number one quarterback in this class to this point. Some people think he's a top three, top five quarterback in this class. That's fine. Like, I I get it. I just don't think we're going to see the the necessary improvements that we want to see in 2021, for us to feel good about him being a first-round caliber quarterback like he's talked up to be by by many guys. And so so for me it's just someone that that right now is being talked about in top 5. I see the the level of talent that he has from an athleticism standpoint, from an arm talent perspective, but the frame, the inconsistencies uh on the outside the, the pocket presence, he rushes his, his drop back. There's there's nothing clean about his game to this point. And after the 2019 season, this is someone I was kind of excited about because you saw it as a true freshman, goes in true sophomore season. I know he played, what, four games or something in the Pac-12. Didn't play very many games. Um, so you could – put a little bit of the blame on that but you just didn't see the necessary improvements and necessary development that you wanted to see in year two for you to feel good about year three and beyond for someone like Jaden Daniel someone who i do think has to add weight I, he we talk about guys and weight problems every year at the quarterback position but this is one that's really really bad i mean he has the he has good height what is he six three yep yeah six three but i don't even think he's 200 pounds like you can't be six three sub 200.
0: He he came in 170. Um, word is that he's up to 191 in the spring or something. Wow! But even so, 191 is tiny. That's still, man.
2: that's still yeah. Scary. Wait, wait, wait! But a, a 20 pound progression in in however many years that is. I mean, that's pretty good proof that he he can add another 10, 15 pounds.
1: Is it? Maybe. Is it because I mean? Yeah, I, don't, I would say so? He might be maxed out. He might. It, I mean, if Tutu Atwell stays the is. same
2: weight, if anything loses weight, that's more concerning to me than than a guy who's shown uh, the willingness to put on some muscle and work hard. I don't. I don't know, that's I don't how know I'm man. At so it. it's
0: it's it's now going into his third year, and he's been able to put on twenty pounds in two years. Like I get what you're saying, but at some point, there's a cap that you're going to hit without sacrificing mm-hmm. athleticism. And for a guy that is predicated on being a extender and being a, a participant in the run game, being 190 pounds is not too great to look at. Because we're talking about guys like some people I've seen have thrown out the RG3 comparison with him, which I don't hate from a stylistic perspective, but RG3 was 215 pounds, 220 pounds, not 191 pounds. Like there is, I think there's legitimate concerns about that frame, because at some point you're putting on weight and then you're sacrificing what makes him special, which is his athleticism. And I think that's the issue at hand.
1: Yep.
2: All right. That's a that's a fair concern. And flipping to the other Wilson watch list, we were talking about Zach Wilson, previously the Joe Burrow watch list, who we we only did this one one part of it last cycle. And this is specifically a guy who isn't really on our radar to be in the in the top fifteen pick discussion, or I guess for this case the top five quarterback discussion maybe even top three yet could potentially shoot up draft boards for Alex's sake this is the Kyle Trask watch list but if we had <laughs> yeah, to pick somebody who, who could out of nowhere showed us some good things last year but we're unsure of turn himself into one of the bigger names in this group and I, it feels like there's always somebody in every group if we had to pick that person Ryan who is your guy
0: Well, for Notre Dame fans out there like myself and like Joseph DeLeon, a young man that is going to break our hearts continuously throughout the next few years, and that is Mr. Phil Dracovic, quarterback out of Boston College, former Notre Dame player, now Boston College star quarterback. And, I mean, I don't even know if this is that much of a hot take for this rise because Dame Brueger put him at number 15 in his mock draft going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so apparently – the NFL, like I was saying before, like I think draft Twitter is going to be a lot lower on Phil Dracovic than maybe the NFL is. But I will tell you, I, I graded him out without positional value put into effect. I gave him a mid to late second round grade. So, I mean, in reality, we're talking that might be a early second, maybe late first round grade based upon the 2020 film, which was his first year as a starter at Boston College. And I think that, I mean, I compare him to Ben Roethlisberger. I think it makes a ton of sense, not only from a size perspective, but he has that little bit of that extending value to him that when Roethlisberger was young was like a big plus to his game. Has a very strong arm, good athlete. Like, I think there's a lot to like about Afo Drakovic, really tough quarterback inside the pocket and out. So, he's my guy that if he puts it together and he has a chance, because all of Boston colleges, their entire offensive line is coming back. They have Zay Flowers coming back. I think as a second-year quarterback in that system, Phil Dracovic has a very good chance to rise to that potential first-round conversation.
1: Well, and another thing to note with him real quick is just his level of play in the two biggest games he played. I think it, two of his most impressive games were against Notre Dame uh, and against uh, Clemson. Those are two games where I came away very impressed with his poise to play on the big stage like that. So there's two more pluses to go along with him.
2: We also got Trey Barry, Jacksonville State tight end, added to his arsenal.
0: Yes. That, that's the biggest news of the offseason, if I would say so. That, that doesn't move the
2: needle for Ryan Roberts.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that all five of his offensive linemen coming back is a little more paramount than Trey Barry, but that's just I,
2: I, I strongly disagree. Any FCS player oh, okay. transferring Good. to it. <laughs> all right, Alex, who's your guy?
1: Yeah, mine is um, Auburn's Bo Nix. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, no, we're, we got to talk a little bit about Carson Strong. I, and I know Ryan's going to talk about him for a while. But this is someone that I still don't think the media side of, of things has come around enough on. This is someone that's sitting in the middle of the pack uh, as far as, as rankings go to this point for a lot of draft Twitter and, and just the draft media right now. That I think deserves to be in that top three, top five conversation a lot more than he is right now. More consistently, this is someone that has all the physical traits as far as talent, uh, pocket mobility is very, very underrated aspect of his game. I think he does a great job as a, as a leader of the offense pre snap. You, you can tell he is, he is running the show there at Nevada. I think you, just, this is just someone that a lot of people don't have a lot of. You know, they don't see a lot. He plays at Nevada. He doesn't get put on primetime television. So this is a name that I think is going to be one of those slow burns for a lot of people. And they're going to understand more and more as the draft process kind of unfolds throughout the 2021 season. But Carson Strong is someone I think if you don't have him in your top five, you aren't doing it right.
0: You know, I, I would add a little context um, to that and a little little analysis, but I, you know, am going to be talking about him a lot in a couple of minutes. So, <laughs> keep to myself.
2: Yeah, dis- disturbingly so and and honestly, I am going to save this comment for a second. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to jump ahead here too much, but I I this there's something that's sitting in the back of my mind that's just making me think about Carson Strong and some of the takes that Ryan has given us in the past, and it's very reminiscent to something else. So I'm going to wait until we get there. Good friend of the show, Carson Strong. Good friend of the show. show. Hopefully he comes on again soon uh, because that would be exciting. So we're going to wrap up today's show as we did last year where we're going to guess each other's top threes. So Ryan's going to guess Alex's. Alex is going to guess Ryan's. We're going to see who ends up being the closest. But first we're going to share who you guys have at four and at five. So let's keep these concise on – why you have them there, why they fit there. And a couple minutes ago, I noticed that both of you, I, I can't believe this, that you're this low on him. I understand that you don't like the guy as much as other people, but I'm shocked that you have him all the way at five, both of you guys. So, Ryan, you have Sam how You guys both have Sam Howell at five. But, I, Ryan, I got to hear your four and five first before we uh, continue on here.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I'll start at five, like you kind of just intro there. Um, I'm just a little low on Sam Howe, I mean, to be honest, I mean, relative to like again, it's it's a there's a lot of depth in this class, so like being five, in my opinion, in this class right now, isn't the worst thing in the world. I just think it's a little overblown. I mean, honestly, came in, had success as a true freshman. Again, had success as a sophomore. He's put up great production. But we're talking about an offense that had guys like De'ami Brown and Daz Newsome and Javante Williams and Michael Carter—a whole lot of talent. And honestly, that offense, that heavy RPO system that Phil Longo runs, a lot of easy throws, a whole lot of easy throws, um, a lot of wide. I mean, we're talking about a lot of arrows and slants and and you know, uh, fi- you know, in finding. Um, Finding one-on-one matchups outside pre-snap and just throwing vertical balls. like There's just a lot of easy things. I think that Sam Howell is super consistent. I think his accuracy is good. I think that he throws a nice deep ball. I think all those are true. But I also think that he's undersized. I don't think he's a great athlete. I don't think his arm is anything special. I think there's a cap to him. I think he's solid. I think he's super solid. I think he's fine. I think he potentially could be a starting quarterback on the next level. I just... Like... People wanted to make the comparison between um, between Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones this year, and I hated that comparison. For me, Kirk Cousins to Sam Howell, I get more more on board with. Like that one makes a ton more sense to me. So I think he's a very solid quarterback. I just I especially the people that have him like quarterback one or quarterback two. Like if somebody had him like quarterback three, I'd be like, I get it, I get it. But for me, I just think there's a cap on him. I think that there is a limitation to his game. I don't think that although people are going to continue to try to compare him to Baker Mayfield, I don't see that potential rise to him being the first quarterback off the board. I just really don't see it right now. And then I had at number four, uh, Phil Dracovic that I just talked about a bunch, so not a ton more analysis I'm going to put into that. I just think that he has a lot of talent. I think he can potentially even rise up this list a little more. I think he's that potentially. Um, he has that much, much potential to his projection, and I think he's going to be a good starting quarterback in the right situation, vertical-based system that asks him to do – You know, a lot of things from a physical perspective, be able to push the ball down the field and then have some ability as an extender a la Ben Roethlisberger. So that is my five and then four there.
2: I honestly think that the Sam Howell-Baker-Mayfield comp just comes from the fact that they both are... are very pale and have beards. I think that that's <laughs> literally it.
0: They're short, chubby, white quarterbacks, so they have to be exactly. each other. You
2: yes, know? the same human being, apparently. Uh, Alex, who is your group? And I already alluded to the fact that you have Howell at five also, and then you've got a, a fun name that Ryan loves at four.
1: Yeah, so Sam Howell, for me, just to kind of bounce off what Ryan said, for me, you talk about the pros, one, probably the best deep ball in this class to this point, I think, from what he's been able to show on tape to this point. Sam Howell's deep ball is fantastic. He, the bucket throw is just great, but that's – me and Ryan talked about it in the DMs. It's eerily similar to what Kyle Trask had for going for him, you know, too. It's someone that – I just don't think that there's too much physical talent to get you excited, and like Ryan said, there's a cap. There's a limit to what he can be, and if you're talking about summer scouting, this – we're talking about guys we think can rise. What we, 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 We'll be excited. Will I be surprised if Sam Howell's my number three quarterback by the end of the year? No, because there's there's guys ahead of them that are high upside guys that if they have a, a disappointing year where they don't take the steps that I think that they can take are going to fall below Sam Howell because I do think Sam Howell plays a consistent brand of football, someone that's going to take care of the football for the most part, going to put the ball in playmakers' hands. The problem is all his playmakers are gone. So I do expect A level of disappointment in Sam Howell this year, someone that I don't think has the physical talent to take over and just and just elevate the level of play of the offense there with the two running backs gone. Of course, the two best receivers in Diami Brown and Daz Newsome as well. So there's just a lot of missing pieces going into 2021 and average arm, average athleticism average decision maker there's just nothing really he can hang his hat on from a physical standpoint that that puts him at the top for me and then like joe you talked about carson strong nevada quarterback someone i've talked about already to this point but he's going to come in at number four for me the top four was the hardest top four for me uh there was a bigger drop off between four and five than any other person throughout this top five for me
2: all right now is the fun part and i'm looking at your guys' top threes and i'm just Uh, astonished i just i i obviously don't have the reports that you guys have on these guys done i haven't watched the same amount of film but holy crap these are so different than than each (laughs) other so let's go first with ryan ryan you're gonna guess Alex's. we're gonna flip and then i'm gonna tell each other who did who did the best so ryan who do you think is the top three for alex
0: well, all I have to say is, I, I mean, imagine having Carson Strong at quarterback. Never, <laughs> ever be me. Um, right. So. The thing
2: that sucks here is that Ryan spoiled, knowing very well we were going to do this. He spoiled his QB one. But I, mean, I, <laughs> I actually did my,
0: my my producer didn't get me the uh, the script in time, so I was a little no, in no, the no, dark, no, 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 no. We
2: did this the all of last cycle. So all right, Joe, stop stalling. No okay. thank, thank you
0: for giving me a little right. little time there. No,
2: um, I'm going to keep stalling so you miss the rest of the 76 sixers game <laughs> they're gonna lose anyways um,
0: so i'm gonna say number one is spencer rattler um i think we talked about that one enough i would say rattler is number one for alex i will say that he has malik willis at number two and then i will say that he has keaton slovis at number three that would be my guess
2: all right alex your turn to guess ryan's
1: okay i know ryan's ryan's is easy number one is carson strong we've talked about it number two is spencer rattler again We've talked about it. And number three is Keaton Slovis, unless he flipped up two and three last minute. But that is the three in the right order, to my knowledge.
2: Yeah, you guys both swapped each other's twos and threes. So Ryan was Carson Strong, Keaton Slovis, and Spencer Rattler. And then Alex, yours was Rattler, Slovis, willis so there was a little now, bit nice just, to know.
0: You guys are... alex it's nice to know that you read my uh read my my reports that i put out because it was very easy to find that out man very easy but <laughs> you obviously don't read my my stuff so wait
1: i, I swore you had as qb1 nope, go until look, you
0: man. did carson go, strong go okay. look. So, right. i got seven, right. seven it was a seven nine on on uh slovis and a seven seven on rattler go take well, a look okay. So the the one thing
2: that I want to address here, because we've talked about these guys all individually at different points, but the, the thing that we can't just glaze over is the fact that Ryan has Nevada quarterback Carson Strong as QB1. And what I was saying earlier is this is eerily reminiscent, for some reason in my eyes, to the take that Ryan had at the beginning of last cycle with J.C. Horn. It's a very similar situation. Ryan has spoken to Carson Strong before, similar to how he's spoken to J.C. Horn. There's you know, a little bit of a connection there in terms of him knowing him as a person, not okay? just as the player. But the fact that you're going against the like grain, you have a take that literally nobody else has. I don't think there's going to be anyone else for the next five months that has Carson Strong at, at QB1. And then come draft time, I, I hate to say this, I think this is going to be another one of those situations where... Ryan's gonna end up being ahead of everybody, and it might actually end up happening.
1: No, don't gas him up that much. Joe, Joe, Jay, I, my job is to gas
2: up Ryan. My God. job is to gas him up. Get off up.
1: his lap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> call me a genius. Too. Chill. You go.
2: <laughs> You've got nothing to say after that. I just gassed you up, what? and you're just what? thank what? you. You want, you want me to give you
0: analysis? All right, I'll give you analysis. All right. Yeah, um, why is
2: he? Why is he QB one? We have to. We have to talk QB1? about
0: this. Okay, all right, so let, let's talk about a few of the things that um, have been recurring issues. Players not improving. From 2019 to 2020, Carson Strong took about as big a leap forward as you will find in this class across the board from a yards per attempt, from a deep ball accuracy, everything was so improved. Plays under Matt Mummy, who is the son of Hal Mummy, who is what the it, the person who basically invented the air raid, okay? So Nevada runs the air raid system, and he fits that mold in the effect of the dude has a cannon for an arm. Like we're talking about the ability to drive the football and to throw the football for distance. I think he has an arm that that rivals anybody in this class. He's six foot three plus. He's two hundred and fifteen plus pounds. He fits the size measurables and he fits the arm strength measurables. Why I like him so much is the fact of the improvements. He told me that he watched a lot of Russell Wilson to improve his deep ball, because in 2019, he was not a good deep ball thrower. He said that he threw the ball way too flat. In 2020, he said, I need to put more arc on the football. I need to fix my my uh, trajectory. He does that. Has a phenomenal season. When we break down what Carson Strong is, he has all those unteachables, but also it's the effect of like, Man, when we're talking about the ability that a coaching staff puts into a player from a pre-snap perspective, Carson Strong is given all the ability at the line of scrimmage to set protections, change plays. He is given that as only a redshirt sophomore. And then decision-making, the kid has thrown 11 interceptions in two years, including only four this past year. So he's a quality decision-maker with a big-time arm He's got subtle, good pocket movements to avoid rusher. Is he a guy that's going to run a ton, like a Malik Willis or a Desmond Ritter or any of those guys? Absolutely not. But as an extender of the football inside the pocket, as a pocket manipulator, very good. So I got a pocket manipulator who's incredibly smart, who has a cannon for an arm and has some of those unteachables, and the coaching staff trusts him that much as only a Richard sophomore. And not, for me, seeing the jump that he made from 2019 to 2020 – projecting forward, I think he's going to take another huge step. And when we're talking about some of these guys that have inconsistencies to their game, or they have lack of size, or they have lack of arm strength, or they have lack of athleticism, I think that Carson Strong is the type of guy that's going to check a whole ton of, a whole lot of boxes. And I I mean, I I just, I, I, I don't understand why some people wouldn't be high on him in general. Because if you don't have a quarterback one, I understand it. Because if you're banking for Spencer Rattler, I get it. Keaton Slovis, I like Keaton Slovis too. But for me, Carson Strong checks a whole lot of the boxes and the the trajectory that he has been on as a quarterback over the last two years, I think is notable. And I think that projecting forward, it's reasonable to believe that he's going to take another huge jump in 2021.
1: No, I'm completely with you. I mean, like, like we, we talked about throughout the show about Carson Strong, just kind of hinting at it. Carson Strong has a lot to like. From a physical standpoint, from a decision-making standpoint, from the ability to make pre-snap adjustments as a redshirt sophomore like you you talked about there during that spill about Carson Strong. But he's a good football player, <laughs> and I think he's someone that that people still need to come around to. I'm not quite as high on him as you are to this point, but I think he has everything in his arsenal, everything at his disposal uh, to, to t- continue to take those leaps that you're referring to between 2019 and 2020 and take that into 2021. And he's going to push for a top 10 pick, I think, you know, at this point. I think that, that there's no reason to think that he couldn't push for a top 10 pick um, you, there's gonna, we, I can already predict it. There's gonna be level of competition concerns. There's gonna be, um, you know, concerns about the, the defenses that he face and how that's gonna translate to the next level. But I think the talent on the field is, is up there with the rest of them. I, I have him over Sam Howell, who believe. Many believe is QB one in this class, even, but there's just there's a little bit more certainty I have with a couple more quarterbacks, and then I'm just a Malik Willis guy who we you know is in my top three. I love Malik Willis. Couldn't be fun, fun, fun football player. You can't look. It's summer. I can I can take stabs at high upside guys, and that's what Malik Willis is. I'm with you, man. I thought that was you
2: taking a shot at 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 Ryan for. Taking well, a stab at man, a high upside all, guy. <laughs> all I'll say is, is
0: the, la- the last high upside guy that I took a stab at in the summer is to Mary and Terry, who went undrafted. So that's all I got Yeah, to we so got to remember
2: those. We got to remember those.
0: That's Alex's boy this year, is uh, Malik Willis. Uh, Ter- and Terry Clone. Man. We'll
1: see. Yo. <laughs> Give us a few months.
2: <laughs> all right. The, that parting shot is a great time to end <laughs> today's show. Uh, follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Alex Gilstrap, at Believe Podcasts. Also, head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other shows. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Stay tuned for the rest of the week as we are going to have prospect interviews coming your way. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.